This week's podcast brought to you by Bros and Yo's. This is abs- a- apropos of absolutely nothing, but I just remembered something that our 11-year-old said to me sometime in the last three weeks. She was eating ice cream after dinner and said to me, does this count as dessert? <laughs> what was your answer? If you're eating ice cream after dinner, it's dessert. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. I had a really successful week attacking things. And one of the things I attacked um, was my email inbox. At the start of the week, there were 4,000 emails in my inbox, and I'm down under 400 now. And I'm wondering, are most people, and I know you're kind of the same way, you have four-digit four emails, right? I've got a, I got a, maybe e- five. one of those emails was from Google saying that I'm running out of storage on yeah. my account. So uh, I wonder if most people are like us, or if most people, I mentioned this to somebody and they said, oh, I, I don't ever have more than three emails in my inbox. Like as soon as something comes in, they address it, they take care of it. But why, why would they want to be uh, enslaved to you know, marketers and, and people, oh, I, I have an alert. Macy's is offering me 30% no, off on a pair of underpants. I'm going to address that now. I'm going well, to no, delete I think it. they probably delete those right away. But that still um, requires you to do something that you didn't want to do. I, know, I don't like it, being beholden to people who uh, have access to the phone in my pocket. Well, I, I, my goal is to get into double digits, out of the triple digits into like double digits, even even better. Like if I could get under 10 I don't know if I'd be able to if I'll be able to do that. Well, if you get, get under ten, why wouldn't you get down to zero? Those ten. Well, that because you... there's always going to be a handful of emails that you need to address, but just can't address right then. Isn't there? Well, maybe, maybe I can get to zero. I don't know. Maybe I should set a loftier goal for myself. And I sh- and it's not that they're all. I have probably a couple hundred that I've put into folders, which I'm okay with, because um, those are at least organized and stuff. I'm just talking about the ones that are just. This is just sitting in my new new mail, unread mail, whatever, inbox. Email has outlived its usefulness. Uh, nine, more than 90% of the emails that I get are advertising, marketing, solicitations that I, that I delete out of hand. Unsubscribing doesn't help. And so it just became a, a junk mail receptacle. Yeah. But maybe people will write in and let us know. Send us more emails. Yeah. Our viewers can send us more emails to tell us what their 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 way of coping with their email. Do they just let it the numbers rise and rise or do they address it every day? Do they like go through their inbox once a week to pare it down? How does it all work for other people? Or do they do they uh, ignore it and not feel guilty about right. not responding to emails? Could be that too. I was at a gas station the other day in West Hartford. Just went there to get our son some Gatorade or something. This was after a soccer workout. I know which station. You know which station. And while I was in line, a gentleman um, said hello and then proceeded to say, you know you have a twin. She works at the rehab on Vine Street. Said this to you? Said this to me. You know you have a twin. She works at the rehab on Vine Street. And I said, I did not know I had a twin. What kind of rehab? Well, I'm, I'm assuming it was a um, substance rehab. <laughs> but uh, he said she's a little shorter than you, but she's your twin. So um, that was interesting. <laughs> he didn't say you have a twin. She used to play basketball for UConn? No, he didn't say that. But maybe he says that to the woman who works in the rehab on Vine Street. I don't know. This was a gentleman. This was a gentleman. Last week, you reported on a large tattooed fellow. What, can you 
Describe the difference between a gentleman and a fellow. <laughs> well, I don't. I, this guy might have been wearing long sleeves, but I didn't notice if he was tattooed. Like fellow just seems to follow tattooed. And uh, and people who talk to me about rehab facilities strike me as gentlemen. <laughs> or maybe a dude, this dude. Well, I, well, I like gentlemen and fellow. Yeah. It's it's kind of nice. Since since uh, our kids, especially our youngest, constantly uh, addresses me now as bro. <laughs> Better than bruh. Or just or just or just addresses the universe in general when something goes wrong. Bro, I can't believe we didn't record the voice. So our oldest daughter had her bruh phase, and now our youngest daughter has her bro phase. I have to say, it's a generational thing, but when I was in middle and high school, bro was not a, was not a, it was not in wide use, nor would I say was dude. Some people did address people as dude, but man was the term of address. Yeah, you and some of your buddies call each other man. Like, I never heard guys saying that me i wonder if it's a midwestern thing it was just it was, it was just appended to the end of every sentence man you know we're gonna go to the movies man what was what did you it's, use dude bro no just the sentence itself you didn't you so didn't, and so do you want to go to the movies you didn't have a a uh, a that was the chair by the way you didn't have a a collegial form of no. kind of general address no, we used to laugh when I was in college. Nikisha, Nikisha Sales, who was a freshman when I um, was a senior, who was then my teammate with the Connecticut Sun, now is an assistant at the University of Georgia. Um, she started and finished every sentence with yo. Yo, B, um, what time do we have uh, lift today, yo? Everything started with a yo and ended with a yo. And, this was um, in the era of yo MTV raps. Oh, yeah. So this was... Uh, I don't think Keish still does that when I've seen her, but um, anytime we wanted to do an impression of Nikisha, cool Keish, we started and finished the sentence with yo. Kind of like the uh, exclamation marks that start and finish exclamatory sentences in Spanish, one's upside down. Oh, right, exactly, yes. Or it could be an exclamation mark, it could be a question mark. Um, Yes, exactly, that's exactly I wish, I think English should use that. We're recording this in our basement, and you found me here earlier this morning with uh, my cordless drill in hand. I did. Hanging some some rolly shades, some blinds. What do you mm-hmm. call them? Blinds, we would call them, yes. Swapped out the old ones that weren't working and swapped in some even older ones that were working. Right. But for some reason, we had in a closet somewhere. This was part of something else I attacked this week, because we talked about this last week. I attacked the mudroom. That mudroom's looking spectacular. I also attacked our closet. It's only about halfway done, but while I was attacking, I found these shades on the floor covered in dust that had probably have probably been in there at least ten years. And we had shades on the windows in the basement the same size that were broken. We should say the the kind with the string on the side that yeah, the, that you pull and and yeah, usually like one end goes up and the other stays down and they're right. cockeyed and right. and. Uh, and then they just stop working. I mean, right. like clockwork, or the opposite of clockwork. Clocks usually continue. Hands keep turning. These stop it, working. It, almost to a, almost to every individual shade of after a not very long amount of time stops working. Gets cockeyed yep. or or just gets locked up. And there are YouTube videos where you can open up the the casing and you know adjust the strings like you're some kind of master piano tuner. I'm not doing that. I don't know how to do that. But you do know how to take down the one that doesn't work and uh, replace it with the one I found in the closet that does work. I took down one brand, Hunter Douglas, and put, put up another brand, Rollies, that for some reason did work but had been in the closet. So they're mismatched. I mean, the, the two that are next to each other in the window because I put up a different brand. Um, but you found somehow the mounting brackets for the... Um, the other one, and, and I put it up. I'm proud of myself. You should be proud of yourself. I'm proud of you. And not only that, but this week, and I don't think you, you, you may or may not know, I insulated the hot water pipes in our attic. You did? I did. I got 
what are basically pool noodles mm-hmm. and wrap them around. I mean, they're they're sold at the hardware store as pipe insulation, how but they're you, pool how noodles. How did you know to insulate the the hot water pipes? Because After twenty years of living somewhere, the guy who came years. the guy who came to fix our water heater told me I needed to. Mm-hmm. So I went and asked the guy at the hardware store. I, there's the hardware store, our, our local hardware store, and it alone. I mean, it's the last place where you can walk in, and somebody can uh, help you solve your problem, find what you need to find. Can we say the name of the hardware store? Uh, of course. Beeman's True Value Hardware. So we've talked about Beeman's before. We love it because it's it's female owned. Well, I love, I love it because it's a, it's a hardware store. Well, yeah, and I think it's really cool that sort of a non-traditional business is owned and operated by a couple of uh, awesome women. Well, I, I went in there, and the guy led me to this barrel of pool noodles, and, um, and it was very satisfying. And, and now our, our... Now our pipes are insulated. I don't know that we... Did we tell the story of how... We all of a sudden didn't have hot water, and so I called the local um, company that we use, and they came out, and and the guy fixed the boiler and told us how we needed a new very expensive hot water tank, and so we were, they came uh, out, and they replaced ours the hot was water corroding. tank. It was corroding. We replaced the hot water tank at, at, at a significant, significant expense. And uh, but I was happy because we got it done right before I flew to Vegas for the start of the WNBA finals. I think this was on a Friday, and then on Sunday, you uh, you texted me and said uh, we don't have hot water again. And so it was the second guy who came out to fix the problem, and it's now has been fixed. Is the one I think who told there you was about a, there was a lot insulating of... the hot water pipes. Yeah, and there's great satisfaction in doing that. It's been a productive week. You insulated the pipes. You used your uh, cordless drill and fixed the uh, shade. It's a. I, I was it's been a man strong week for you. That's. I mean, that's a full year of, of handyman for the work mere for me. mortal. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Cleaned out the garage. Trip to the dump. But it's what been I, one of those weeks. What what made me think of this, or what I was thinking about when this came up, is when I took the pipe insulation from the barrel at the hardware store, mm-hmm. and I saw that it was just a gray pool noodle, I realized that how the pool noodle came to be. Whoever makes this stuff, whatever that material is, thought, well, what else can we use this for besides insulating pipe? And some genius and I'm I'm just speculating here, but I'm, I'm pretty Say, sure that this is make it a color other than gray. Let's make it in many colors, and then wouldn't wouldn't kids like to whip each other in a pool with this? <laughs> because really, the pool noodle has only two purposes: one is a as a weapon in water games, and two to spout water from when you're in the pool. Right. Yeah, that's its two main uses for sure. Two only uses, but the third use is insulating pipe. Mm-hmm. So I imagine that that it was the pipe insulation people came up with the pool noodle, and not the pool noodle people came up with yeah. pipe insulation. I think you're my question right. is, mm-hmm. who came to call it a pool noodle? Because pool noodle, like bouncy castle, is just one of those words that that you you can't say in a in a serious context. I'm sure it has come up. I'm sure there have been lawsuits, uh, liability uh, suits in which. A pool noodle was used nefariously, and it came up in a sobering context in a courtroom or something. But, And I'm sure the same is true of bouncy castles. Yeah, well, it's just a fun word to say. There was a phrase that I was using with our youngest uh, in the last couple of weeks. I said, if you just say this combination of words together, you have to smile. So I was trying to convince her that it was school picture day last week, that she, when she was right before... They took the picture instead of them saying cheese and her smiling for her to say these words out loud. And then it would just make her smile. And the Be- words are mom da bomb diggity. And I mean, how do you not say, just say it out loud. I, I said to her, I said, it just feels good coming out of your mouth. Like 
whatever your mouth does to say the words mom to bomb diggity, it makes you smile. I, I ask anybody who's listening, any of our viewers, pause right now and just say out loud, mom to bomb diggity, and see if you can say it without smiling. And some of our kids, and I think it's common with kids at various ages, they, they kind of grimace in their school picture rather than smile. Right. Uh, when they're told to smile, they put on some facsimile of a smile that is really a, a frozen rictus of. And, and our, our daughter, who is super observant on all kinds of things, as I was driving her to school, she said, yeah, then they're going to tell me, tilt your head. And then they're going to tell me to tilt my head like this. And then she demonstrated exactly what they do in school pictures. They're going to tell me to tilt my head and smile. And she said, and then they don't even show you the picture. And I was thinking... Yeah, with digital cameras now, show the kid the picture. Let the kid decide. I like it. I don't like it. When we were kids, there was just a bang. Maybe there was a second one. I don't. I don't remember. But usually, then then you were ushered off the stool, and it was the next kid's turn. Yeah. And and there was no way of looking at the picture. And then you waited six months, eight months, whenever the school photo came out. And then you got the you looked through the little cellophane window, and then you were usually horrified, but maybe fine with with what the result was. And that was back in the era where the hairstyles, at least when I was in middle school, could be improved by the little tiny black comb that they gave you. They would give you a comb That's right. to comb your hair, the little kind that you could put in your back pocket. And uh, I have, because I had like sort of like a pixie cut, I think it, it, the Dorothy Hamill pixie cut when I was like in fifth grade. And I have that picture and it's clear that it was freshly combed. You could almost see the comb lines in my hair, what and I'm I, wearing my Vidal Sassoon T-shirt because I forgot I it picture, was picture yeah. day. You know that picture that I'm uh, talking about. Ooh la la Sasson. And what I what I I don't remember is after you combed your hair and then handed the comb to the next kid, did did they uh, salad tongue that thing into a blue jar of barbasol? No, you barbicide. got to keep it. That was oh, you the got to beauty. keep it. That's of course you, you did get to keep it. it. It's and been so long since I've used the comb. Pocket. Yes, it was short and, and black. And some kids with would get in trouble because they'd pull it back and use it to smack yeah. other kids, um, or kids like me were just put it in their pocket and used it to comb their hair. So the the school photo industry, the portrait studio people, big big picture, was in bed with big comb, right? <laughs> yes. It was like or little comb. Big picture was in well, bed with little they, comb. They were they were in bed with big little comb right 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 now i want to see a movie uh an art house movie called big picture little comb <laughs> that'd be a great cartoon no it wouldn't would it uh, yeah I, I mean it could be i guess it doesn't make me laugh nearly as much as mom to bomb diggity but it still has a nice ring to it of course big big little comb in middle school gave way to big Big comb in high school. Then did you? Maybe we've talked about this before. Did you carry the big plastic comb in your back pocket no. in high school? That was you were more of the era of of uh, an entire aerosol can of Aquanet. Yeah, my my high school was Aquanet and curling iron and perm. So once you did your hair in the morning, you don't want a comb to go near it because. You know, you could, when you aquanetted your feather or your, your curl, you could pick up one strand of hair and the whole side of your head would be lifted. So you didn't want to comb anywhere near that. So, so you, you were using a curling iron in school and your children use a, a, a straightening iron. Flat iron. A flat iron. Yes. I mean. Well, they also use curling irons, but yeah, kids don't want curly hair now. They more want you know, straight or maybe a little bit of a bend, which they can get with the flat so iron. So they put a, use a flat iron to, to remove the curl, and then they use a curling iron to remove the flat? They use a flat iron just sort of to smooth it out and take any bends out of your hair. You might get some bends in your hair if it's up in a ponytail or if it's been braided or whatever. Does that make sense to you? It, it makes perfect sense. It is interesting, though, when you mention the uh, Vidal Sassoon T-shirt that you were wearing on picture day. What you wear on picture day does sort of become forever frozen in amber for the rest of your life. I remember, I mean, I still have them somewhere, but I I can pretty much in my mind's eye see the clothes I was wearing on picture day. And because we didn't have pictures from, you know, our kids are photographed 20 times a day, either by themselves or others. 
in the smartphone era. Right. That wasn't the case. So most of the pictures that I, most of the clothes that I can remember having had as a kid were because I wore them in picture day. Right, and so exactly. they're preserved forever. So, yeah, I don't remember any clothes from elementary school unless they were preserved either from picture day or a random photo that my folks took and then got developed months later. There was a high school teacher easily Googled for our listeners who wore something, a, a, a sweater vest and a like a short sleeve dress shirt, I think, um, to picture day in the late 60s or the early 70s. And the next year he wore the same thing. And when he realized or his wife realized that he had worn the same thing two years in a row, he decided to wear it every year. And, and so there's a, a photo montage you can find online of this guy wearing the same thing for something like 40 years. That's terrific. Posed in the same way, yeah. And the, the vest and shirt remain the same while, of course, he is aging. But uh, Good for him that he could still fit in both the shirt and the vest, right? Yeah, Absolutely. Though I don't, I don't think, I think as time wore on, he no longer required the little comb. <laughs> Probably not. Shall we get to viewer mail? Let's get to viewer mail. I mean, mail. I think we've covered all of the hot button topics of the day. <laughs> Perfect. Right? Yes. Big bad look, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Our first uh, viewer mail comes in from Mark. In Wisconsin, Mark writes, Happy birthday, Steve. This came in on my birthday, Rebecca, on September 22nd. I was born on this day in 1968, writes Mark, which is a longer and longer scroll on those date of birth pull-down tabs. Yes, when, when you buy an airline ticket, or I was just on one of those pull-down tabs the other day, and it is now a journey to the center of the earth um, for your year of birth. Yeah, it's hard enough for me. I would, I can imagine going a few extra scrolls to I'm, get to you're, yours. You're you're in the basement. I'm in the sub basement in a crawl space under the sub basement, but um, but it's still there, which is always uh, heartening mm. to find that my year of birth is still on the pull down menu. Uh, so it's nice to say happy birthday to someone who has to scroll just that much more. Yes, I have to scroll two uh, two years further down to 1966. Uh, but it's a great year to be born, Rebecca. Seriously, hope it's a great day. Enjoy, Mark. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate that. I did enjoy it. Um, I don't know that we talked about it, but uh, I, you know how much I love carrot cake, and it has been my birthday cake since I was a little kid. One of the reasons that I love it so much, carrot cake without raisins. So you uh, very thoughtfully made me spice cake, and I uh, I really appreciated that. See, I went. I didn't have time to make a cake from scratch, but I didn't want to just purchase a cake. So I went and I got a cake in a box, um, the ingredients in a box that you just add the eggs and the oil and water and stuff to. And they did not have any carrot cake. And the closest that you can come to carrot cake is spice cake. So I got that cake that our son made for you, that our second oldest daughter frosted for you, um... So I'm, I'm sure you were very, very happy to have your spice cake for your birthday. It was made by two of your children. I mean, how great is that? Uh, it was excellent. And the frosting was carrot cake um, adjacent, right? <laughs> well, the frosting is the same frosting yes, that you use frosting. on carrot cake. Yeah. The, the cake itself was carrot cake adjacent. Uh, thank you for that, Mark. Um, our next viewer mail comes in from Andy in Minnesota. Andy writes, Dear Stephen and Rebecca, as I was sitting in my COVID bed, yes, after two and a half years of avoiding it, the virus finally caught me. I'm fine now. Thank you very much. I was bemused to hear the dulcet tones of Steve's voice reading out my inaugural viewer mail. It was a balm for my virus-loaded soul. Thank you for that high in a day that was pretty much a low. And now on to more important matters. You discussed whether or not Steve and I were working at Met Stadium at the same time. Alas, we did not. I worked through Labor Day of 1979 before heading off to my freshman year at college at the age of 17. Well, that's when I started. I started on my birthday, September 22nd of 1979, when I turned 13. So we, we just we just missed each other by uh, three weeks. A very short amount of time. Um, but enough about me. Let's talk uh, more about me. My first parade anecdote. We talked about parades last week, Rebecca, didn't we? We did. We talked about parades. We asked... Uh, I don't yes. know, that, but but anyway, yeah, why did we talk about parades? You were you were in a parade. We were watching know. a parade. I don't know why we talked about it, but we did talk about. We parades. did talk about parades. 
uh, my first parade anecdote, Rebecca mentioned that she turned down the opportunity to be in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Mm-hmm. I'm sure many of your viewers were aghast at this revelation. Not I. I applaud her priorities. I know from experience how overrated appearing in parades can be. I grew up on the east side of St. Paul, a few miles south of Mickey Mining. Um, I was named Junior Royalty Prince of the East Wind. Junior Royalty Prince of the East Wind. Mm-hmm. For the St. Paul Winter Carnival, which is a big deal, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, in fact, he says, I'll pause here while Steve explains to Rebecca how big a deal the St. Paul Winter Carnival was back in those days. And I, before reading that, I just told you it is a big deal. Yes. Uh, chainsaws, how big of a deal is it? Chainsaws, carving, ice castles, you know, y- you've seen the pictures. I discovered that part of my duties as junior royalty prince of the East Wind was to don the costume I looked like Karnak of Johnny Carson fame and ride the float with the other junior royalty. Only when we all agreed to be in the junior royalty and commit to all the parades where we scheduled to be in did they proudly tell us that this would be 52 parades in 52 weeks. Ugh. 52 parades that in 52 weeks. awful. Yes, we were scheduled to average a parade a week. Uh... Some weeks there would be no parades, while other weeks would have multiple parades. Junior royalty. Prince of the East Wind. I thought I did pretty well as I made about 45 of the 52 parades, but there was one must-attend parade that I got myself in a bit of hot water when I ultimately didn't make it to it. It was at the Stillwater Lumberjack Days Parade. Uh, I got lost on the way there and couldn't find the spot I was supposed to park and meet up with the other royalty in our float. I tried one back road after another, dodging traffic and people, and then I heard a sound that made my heart sink. The first band of the parade heading down Main Street in Stillwater, no doubt playing 76 trombones from the Music Man. I thought, don't panic. You'll get there before your float goes off. (laughs) You'll get there before your float goes off. Just as I said that, I looked up, and at the first float after the Stillwater High School marching band was, of course, our float, missing one Prince of the East Wind. Can they, like... Can you run up next to it and have them lower the ladder and then you can climb up while the float is already moving? To, well, to add insult to injury, the other junior royalty recognized my car as it passed by and started pointing and laughing at me. <laughs> the adults in charge were not nearly as understanding, but I was able to utter the requisite mea culpas and all was forgiven. Uh, now there's a second parade anecdote, Rebecca. One of the first parades was the Winter Carnival Torchlight Parade. Oh, now this was a big deal, where Vulcans bring the fire that will start St. Paul warming up from winter. As is often the case in St. Paul, at the end of January, it was bitterly cold, and they ushered us junior royalty into one of the VIP Winnebagos. Now, that is a that is a VIP, quintessential Minnesota a thing. Winnebago. A VIP, VIP Winnebago, Winnebago, used as warming houses before the parade. To my thrill, as we entered the Winnebago, benchwarmer Bob Lertzema, once again pausing for Steve to explain who benchwarmer Bob is, was already in there warming himself mostly by a small flask in his coat. Now, benchwarmer Bob Lertzema was a member of the Minnesota Vikings in the 1970s, and uh, he was uh, like Bob Euchre in baseball. He was uh, he was a bench warmer in his own description, but uh, but made a career out of uh, doing TV commercials for uh, TCF Bank. I think probably have this wrong, and um, and uh, you know was beloved for that reason as as bench warmer Bob. Um, Benchwarmer Bob was already in there warming himself, mostly by a small flask in his coat, writes Andy. But that's not where the celebrity encounters end. A few minutes later, in walks Melissa Sue Anderson of Little House on the Prairie fame, looking gorgeous, at least to this 16-year-old, in a cold-weather leather cat suit. A cold-weather leather cat suit. Because Mel- she was in character for Melissa- Little House on the Prairie? Melissa Sue Anderson of Little House on the Prairie, in a cold-weather not a warm weather leather cat suit, Rebecca. A cold weather leather cat suit. Sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't it? A leather cat suit and little house. I'm just, I'm just thinking of uh, Halle Berry, in a, in a cat suit in um, Batman. As happens in a 16 year old's mind, uh, I went up to her and offered my services as her personal escort to all the finery the Twin Cities could hold for a couple such as the two of us could find after the parade. I've never been shut down so fast in my life. Oh well, what might have been. Being in a parade is overrated, Andy, in Minnesota. It's a great, great viewer mail, Andy. Yes. Um, that anxiety dream, or, or sometimes an anxiety reality of you hear the marching band start up and you're not, and you're racing to get to the parade, you know? Yeah. It's that, that thing starting without you and the ship has just sailed and you're left on the shore. As, that float as it, has sailed. The, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, 
it, it's it's the kind of dreams that I still still have. Uh, Allison in Colorado writes, uh, Dear Rebecca and Steve, I recently discovered your podcast and love listening. Well, thanks, Allison, with two L's. We love having you listen. I listen in random order, so maybe uh, may become a completionist without realizing it. In the episode I listened to today, you both agree that neither of you should be climbing ladders at age 70. I ask you to reconsider. I am 69, four months shy of 70, and can attest that 70-year-olds come in all stages of fitness. Many of my friends, age 70 and beyond, are as adept at ladder climbing as they ever were, and we all feel safe with them. Many are not, and many have never been. 70 sounds old to you, but it is not always decrepit. I have to say, 70 doesn't really sound old to me. Um, I mean, maybe because I just celebrated another birthday, but uh, I just I just don't have a desire to be climbing ladders. <laughs> no matter what age you are. No matter what age I am. What if there are ladders that are thrown over the side of a moving float? I, I think I think in that regard, Rebecca, I I have sort of a spiritual brethren of the person at your doctor's appointment who uh, said they have to take your vitals. Can you step on the scale? And then what happened? <laughs> I said, um, okay, do I get off the scale now? It was a digital scale. And she said, uh, can you tell me the number? She was sitting down? She was sitting down. I st stood up. And it was a small room. Eating a bag of Doritos? She was not eating a bag of Doritos. Neither was I. And she said, can you tell me the number on the scale? <laughs> at which I, I did in a very friendly tone. What I wanted to say was, why don't you get up and come over and read it? Which one of us is the patient at this visit and which one of us Did is? she then say, can you get a tongue depressor, open your mouth and say, ah? Can you put the blood pressure cuff on your arm? Can you uh, take your oxygen reading yourself? It was, uh, it was hilarious. Well, that, that is the future. Right. I mean, there's telemedicine, there's self-checkout at the grocery. Uh, yeah, I think, I think get providing your own physical is, is what's next. Yeah, probably. Uh, so anyway, back to Allison with two L's. Um, love everything else about the show, but uh, what's swag? Where do I learn about it? As I age, see what I did there? I am trying to call the clutter, but if the swag is not cluttery, I would love to have some warmly. Uh, Allison from Fort Collins, Colorado, Colorado, parentheses. We were among the first to see Becky Hammond play when she was coached by Kurt Miller. I was just going to say Fort Collins. Yes. That's what you think when you think of Fort Collins. Mm -hmm. Think of Becky Hammond. Well, Allison in Fort Collins. Um well, on yes, the off you can send her swag, can't you? Well, of course. On the off chance, though, that sending it to Allison in Fort Collins isn't specific enough to get it to her. She probably needs to send her address. She should send another email to ballandchain at, what ball is it? Ballandchainpod at gmail.com. Ballandchainpod at gmail.com. We've already said at the top of the show how, how eager we are to have more email. You know, I'm going to encourage, if there's a listener viewer out there who's not sent an email before, send us one. Just for fun. Let's first try to time, get like a first, first time, long time, time. Uh, first time what corresponder. Let's get some first time correspondence. Not a first, not a not a first responder. No. A first corresponder. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Okay, I got you. Uh, you got me, fam. I got you, fam. So, Allison, if you could send it, I I know Babe Ruth used to say, receive email to address like Babe Ruth, New York, New York. But on the off chance that the same doesn't work for Allison and Fort Collins, if she sends us our address, we'll send her some swag. Can we just pause? Same for, goes for anybody else. Go can ahead. Just pause for a second and encourage all of our viewers to just say out loud, "Mom to bomb diggity." If if it if it uh, feeds your it's ego, it's okay for you to say it. Just go ahead and say it, and you'll. I promise you will smile. Is it referring to any mom in particular? No, just it's it's not referring to a person. It's just the way the words feel when they come out of your mouth. Bob in North Carolina. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I stepped on that. No, go. I want to. I, I, I want to do what what you say on your Bob broadcast. Bob the bomb diggity would would feel the same. I know that uh, you always admire how your broadcast partner Ryan Ruco lets the game breathe. Yes. Uh, I didn't let the the podcast no, breathe you there. Let it breathe the perfect amount of time. Dear Rebecca and Steve writes Bob the Bomb dot diggity. What? Not dot the dom Bob, dot com? Bob the Bomb diggity. Okay. Dear Rebecca you, you and Steve. You take all the fun out of out of it. No, no, no. I just most of the fun. Like most things, you take most of the fun out of it. It being life. <laughs> it being everything. You're the self-professed. I'm not a lot of fun, gal. I know that's true. Proceed. 
I'm going to do the Ross Perot can of finish. Yes. Okay. That's uh, Dana Carvey's Ross Perot. Dear Rebecca and Steve, stats. This is, I mean, he's, this is no. He just goes right to no the stats. Throat clearing nothing. Just stats and then bullet points. Would you like to hear the bullet points? Yes. Here are his stats. Usually the stats came at, at the end of an email. Now we're getting the, I like this. He just sends us his vitals. Ready? Perfect. Bullet point one. Sports Illustrated subscriber since 1999. Two. Completionist. Third, aspiring, aspiring tricentennialist. That is working toward 300 B and C episodes. Assuming the two of you are as well. What are we up to, Rebecca? 200 and something. We're in the 220s, I think. Oh, a tricentennial is not only possible, it's but it's it's not quite imminent. Well, somewhat imminent. Uh, tricentennial uh, producer Denny Gallagher will have to uh, work on uh, procuring for the tricentennial. Um, a suitable venue, perhaps Yankee Stadium, and a suitable guest, perhaps um, perhaps uh, the two surviving Beatles. Well, for Yankee Stadium, it may as well be Aaron Judge. Did he get it yet, by the way? No, not, not as so. of this. Not as of this. Uh, as and of this and, and I have to say, last night when our 11-year-old asked if she could watch The Voice instead of the Yankee game, I said, uh, right I, I, I finally threw in the towel on watching all of Aaron Judge's at-bats, confident that I will hear about it as uh, Historic home runs as soon as they happen. Mm. As a 13-year-old in 1976, writes uh, Bob, uh, Bicentennial Quarters, public service announcements featuring revolutionary era history and tall tall ships in New York Harbor had me dreaming about the the U.S.'s tricentennial in 2076. Since I am not likely to live to be 113, this could be a worthy substitute. Bob, I was also 13 in 1976, I turned 13 the, you know, the end of September 1976, so I was actually 12 when the bicentennial, the 4th of July celebrations of the tall ships in New York Harbor. But, uh, but we are traveling companions on the, on the timeline of... Nice. Yeah. You have a lot of those. Uh, another bullet point. Currently reside in North Carolina. Worked at camps in Andover and Colebrook, Connecticut in the mid-1990s, which is where I first heard the name Lobo and a prediction that the Yukon women would be, quote, good, which, thankfully, turned out to be true. That was true. Originally from, where do you think Bob is originally from? Now, he's, he's, he's uh, North Carolinian by... North Carolina, by, he by, had spent time in Connecticut. I'm going to go with New Jersey. Oh, so close. Where's he from originally? Buffalo. Oh, that's I mean, not so close, no. AFC East. You know, Buffalo and the Jets. Mm-hmm. Which is why I object to Rebecca's tackling. Oh, and speaking of that, originally from Buffalo, New York, which is why I object to Rebecca's tackling the Bills. Capital B ah, Bills. You were I tackling see. the yes. lowercase Bills yes. last week? and I did tackle them, but I have never tackled the uppercase Bills. Yeah, it would be a stretch to say that that is why the Bills lost to the Dolphins on Sunday, but maybe this week she can pay the Bills, capital B. That Dolphins-Bills game was uh, a hoot, by the way. Shoe size, 10. I'm sorry, I should have let you guess his shoe size from the from the foregoing yeah, um, I would have guessed bigger than 10. Why, because he's from Buffalo? Yeah, people in Buffalo have big feet. He's not descended from Buffalo. He's from <laughs> Buffalo. I don't, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know why, I, but I would have guessed bigger than 10, maybe a 10 and a half. Parentheses, having given Rebecca nothing to go on with the other stats, I still predict she will be within plus or minus one size. So you would have gone with what? Ten and a half. Oh, so you would have been a half size. Been okay. Up, yeah. That's from Bob, our simplest of palindromes in Huntersville, North Carolina. Thank you, Bob. And uh, just before we get to our cleanup hitter, Rebecca, we have an appropriately uh, uh, greeting, uh, an appropriate greeting from Kevin, who writes, greetings from Giancarlo Stanton, Virginia. Hello. Stanton with a U, yes. but pronounced as Stanton. That we, we've learned that from Kevin. Yes. And he actually writes, greetings from parentheses, Giancarlo, close parentheses, Stanton, Virginia. Before I get to the story as promised, please allow me a moment about the staging conditions at the American Shakespeare Center. You, you'll recall that they're staging a, a, Shakespeare, a production from The Bard, right? Yes. Rebecca's instincts are good because we do talk about turning phones off at the beginning of performances. But we relate it to universal lighting. Since the lights are always on and everyone can see everyone else, the person giving the curtain speech usually warns that we can see you if your phone rings and we will talk about you backstage. Uh, I was listening to an interview from 2016, I think it was, with Alan Alda 
conducted by the now late comedian Gilbert Gottfried. And he talked about, you know, he was a stage actor for many years before, and I think Alan since, Alda MASH, was, yes, not Gilbert, Gilbert Gottfried. Gottfried. Was not in, in Shakespearean productions, no, but, but Alan Alda was. And he was talking, you know, Gilbert Gottfried was talking about, you know, if he ever loses his place in his, in his um, stand-up act on stage. And Alan Alda was talking about doing plays for weeks on end and how your mind kind of leaves your body and you're you're reciting the lines but sometimes you you're not entirely present for those for those plays and he said one time on stage he found himself not knowing forget about not knowing the lines not knowing the play not knowing where he was or what he was doing there and it was only when while acting in this play he located <laughs> He saw the red exit signs in the darkened, you know, s- uh, seats of the theater. That he realized he must be in a theater, performing <laughs> in a play. Which you talk about the anxiety dream of of uh, showing up late for the parade as the, as the band is playing seventy six trombones. That would be pretty nightmarish too. That I would, would think. Be, yes. Okay, Kevin. Back to Kevin. I must deliver on the promised tale, inspired by Steve's image of a security guard posted at a walk-in tub dispersing an imaginary crowd by admonishing that, quote, there's nothing to see here. I do vaguely remember what, we're, what we were talking about. Do you? I don't think I do. Well, it involved the walk-in tub and, and crowd oh, yes. dispersal. Yes, yes, yes. Many years ago, I played football at a small college that boasted an excellent academic reputation. Many of the students, administrators, and alumni disdained football in general, and the team in particular assuming that participating in this barbaric sport tarnished the wonderful academic reputation. Spoiler alert, it did not. There was a tradition that on the last night of football camp, the team would go skinny dipping at the college pool. This evening coincided with the open pool hours scheduled during (laughs) freshman orientation at the college. So honoring said tradition at the end of camp, the entire team showed up at the pool, got naked, and jumped in. The next day, we learned we had all been charged in the college judiciary system with harassment and intimidation and a trial date was set this was quite reminiscent of the trial scene in the movie animal house animal house of course uh based on um dartmouth where your brother i believe was in a fraternity he was yes the prosecutor called two female first year students to the stand the first one when asked about her experience that evening said that the event at the pool was rather boring and she and her friends had decided to leave just before the team showed up but then she said we changed our minds and decided to stay The second witness was asked if she felt intimidated when the team arrived and disrobed. No, she said, it was really no big deal. As as that last sentence was uttered, our star quarterback jumped to his feet. Objection, he shouted. The trial ended soon after as the room erupted in laughter. As a postscript, let me add that all of my teammates and I earned our degrees. I believe that almost all of us went on to earn graduate degrees as well. I wouldn't recommend that anyone emulate our antics nowadays, but it really was harmless hijinks by a bunch of knuckleheads. Harmless hijinks, Rebecca, by a bunch of knuckleheads. Yes. And probably some of those knuckleheads now have walk-in tubs <laughs> without any attendant or commentary, I would imagine. If you have not hit the gong on this story yet, thanks for indulging a little swim down memory lane. All the best, Kevin. Kevin, I would not dream of uh, using the uh, Chuck Barris gong from the gong show. J.P. Morgan. Do you remember the gong show, Rebecca? Vaguely, I mean, I'm aware of the Gong Show. Gene, Gene, the Dancing Machine, the Unknown Comic. It was, it was the kind of show that you would hate more than anything else in life because you hate physical comedy. Yes. You hate kind of uh, uh, stupid hijinks. Yes, very much. You don't like Three's Company. You can't stand parts of it. I, I I don't like. I used to watch it, but it got on my nerves. You can't stand um, uh, the Three Stooges. I cannot stand the Three Stooges. That is true. You you despise uh, the the wacky mix-ups in in shows like uh, well I guess Three's Company we've already mentioned that's the classic of every single episode involved a a misunderstanding that the audience was in on but the yeah it just the roommates were not yeah. yeah still does well why did I close my laptop I don't know we have one at least one more we have one more from that was from Kevin Kevin thank you um, lastly. Uh, Dr. Gary Siegel, DGS. Hello, Dr. Siegel. Report from Monday night. Would you like to hear it, Rebecca? I would love to hear it. 
this is uh, sent in as we record this just last night, 16 hours ago, according to the, the, um, the email here. Dear Rebecca and Steve, this is a special Monday night report as it is the first night of Rosh Hashanah, which is not a French term, but the Jewish New Year, although he has bold-faced it, Rebecca. For those viewers celebrating the Hebrew year 5783, and well, for those who aren't, what the heck, best wishes for a happy, healthy New Year. Uh, right back at you, Dr. Siegel. I'm also enjoying the Braves closing in on the Mets with a one-game deficit if the 8 nothing lead over the National holds up over the Nationals holds up through the bottom of the ninth. As always, thanks for, for providing a welcome hour of respite from the quotidian grind of daily life. Rebecca, that would be a great uh, a great little uh, subhead, a little uh, slogan for the podcast, right? That would be perfect. The quote, uh, a welcome respite from the quotidian grind of daily life. Well said, DGS. On Sunday afternoon, with the long-canceled Russian Grand Prix off the calendar, Formula One has been quiet. The Russian Grand Prix, of course, canceled uh, after the invasion of Ukraine. Thus, I went to the gym for my hour of cardiovascular exercise. I faced the difficult choice while exercising. Should I listen to a podcast of a Sunday morning news show, the Ball and Chain podcast, or the Braves game on radio? Regular viewers likely know that baseball on the radio remains a treasure, so I listened as the Braves and Phillies traded the lead back and forth until a fifth-inning rain delay allowed me to switch to the BNC podcast. I love, Rebecca, that the podcast served as rain delay theater. Now, in the 1980s, had Dr. Siegel been watching a Braves game on the Superstation TBS, during a rain delay, they would have gone to reruns of The Andy Griffith Show mm -hmm. or possibly of Sanford and Son. But now we're, we, you and I, are serving as rain delay theater on Atlanta Braves games, at least for Dr. Siegel. Perfect. I'm happy to report, writes Dr. Siegel, that both completion of the baseball game with the Braves' 11th inning win and, of course, my favorite podcast. Uh, a couple of items noteworthy from recent podcasts. One, Rebecca, I'll try to make it my business to watch more WNBA games because, as you've both pointed out, it's simply great fundamental basketball. It truly is. It's also great non-fundamental basketball. No, really. It's, it's just great basketball. Fundamental basketball can sometimes be used as a backhanded compliment, I think. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about, Rebecca? Yes, I do. Like, it's not, not all that distracting dunking and, and whatnot. Right. But, but uh, this is not the case, and uh, it's not what Dr. Siegel's referring to. Two, Holly Rowe on a horse as a sideline reporter. Mr. Ed says, gee, Wilbur, I'm not so sure about that. Please see the link below for context, as only older viewers and probably Steve know about Mr. Ed. Miss, come on. You know about Mr. Ed, don't you, Rebecca? Of course. Horse is a ho of course. Well said. A the horse is a horse, of course, of course. The, the, the horse who could talk. Three, the Formula One season has but six races left, and championship leader Max Verstappen could clinch the title this weekend in what is likely to be a wet nighttime race at the challenging track in Singapore. Uh, uh, Godspeed to Max, but there's nothing I, I would enjoy less. There's nothing that I do enjoy less than driving at night when it's been wet, when the streets are wet. Mm -hmm. So the lights are reflecting off the streets as well as directly from the headlights. Mm hmm you know I don't care for that. No, I don't think a lot of people do. Four, this is a five. Rebecca, the excess contents of my in-law's home reside in our storage unit, having moved from our old home's basement with some culling to a storage unit when we downsized. Here's a shout-out to the people who run estate sales, as they deserve every bit of their 30% commission. 30% commission, that's, uh, that's high. It's even more than Coinstar. <laughs> it is even more than Coinstar. Five, lastly, with a brief disc. By the way, do you think uh, we will uh, consign most of our possessions to some kind of an estate sale when, when we uh, I think we downsize? should do it soon. We should have an estate sale now. We should, why not? Let's get rid of all this crud. We should. Okay, let's do it. But then you would Can have you to. Do that? Then you do would you have, have to an estate sale when you're not actually moving. Or dying. Is it like just a tag sale that you don't have to deal with the headache? But Grant, the, 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 the Hall of Fame Vikings coach. I think annually, at least for a long time, he would annually have people have like a tag sale or a garage sale, as they're called in Minnesota, and people would come to Bud Grant's house and and buy you know old Vikings T-shirts and whatever he was getting rid of. Huh. So maybe we could uh, send all of our stuff to Bud Grant's. <laughs> maybe. Five. Lastly, with a brief discussion in the last podcast about expletives, or as they're known in, in the British Isles, Doctor Siegel will surely know expletives. And the F word, I can only introduce one of my favorite initialisms, WTF, or 
What the French Toast. I like it. You like that? I do. All the best. Uh, by the way, uh, speaking of WTF, our, our 11-year-old has grown up entirely with um, text-to-speak. And, and, and uh, you know that she speaks in text abbreviations. Not texts in text abbreviations, but speaks in them, right? Right, yes. BRB, right? I said something to her last night, and she responded, IKR. So... What's IKR? I know, right? Oh, good heavens. So, so all the best. ATB writes uh, Gary with two R's. Right back at you, Gary. Um, uh, have a happy and blessed uh, Hebrew year of 5783, 5783. And um, I think that's all I got, Rebecca. All right. Well, that's enough, don't you think? Uh, it's more than enough. It's too much. Probably should have broken this up into four very special podcasts. For um, producer Denny Gallagher. Tom DeCari, play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane Six of us and the family pad live in cuckoo nest Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test Androgynous and vigorous While we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane